Hey, Matt. What up, Mark? Tell you what, man. South by Southwest, right around the corner. Yeah. And there's one show that kind of stands out. Uh, what show's that, buddy? You know, amongst the rest. Uh, that would be the True TV Presents the Grolics in France, man. Yeah, those who can't. Those who can't. New hit show on True TV. Absolutely. Uh, our friends, the Grolics, mm-hmm. and they're bringing their friends. And they're all going to be on stage, and it's going to be amazing. Their friends, you ask? Who are they? Who are they, you Mark? Ask? Who are who are the friends of the Grolics? Well, that would be Rory Scovel, who's also a star on Those Who Can't. Morgan Murphy, who's an amazing comedian, actor, and writer. And last but not least, Baron Vaughn, a good friend of mine, man. Yeah. Love Baron. How, how good a friend are you? Uh, like, would you help him move? Uh, move what? Uh, good friends help like other a, friends move. Not, well, not well, a body, well, just like his okay. apartment. Not, not a body. body. That's yeah. what I'm asking here. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah, of course I'd help him move. He'd probably help me move too. <laughs> he, in fact, he probably owes me that. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Baron, we're going to see you at South by Southwest. Yeah, help me move at, shit. At True TV's Those Who Can't featuring the Grolics, and we're going to ask you to move. Yes. <laughs> All right. 10 p.m. Sunday, March 13th, South by Southwest. Esther's Follies, Those Who Can't with the Grolics and Friends, and it's all presented by True TV. You're not going to want to miss this one. If you're down in Austin, Texas, do yourself a solid. Go to the show. You'll thank yourself later, and then you'll be that guy telling the story, not the one hearing about it. Well, they can also thank us for telling people, and they can thank True TV for putting the show on. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're welcome. Yeah. You're listening to the Laugh Button Podcast on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Laugh Button Podcast right here on the Ridecast Network. Woo! Ridecast.com. Woohoo! TheLaughButton.com. Woo! Woo-woo-woo.com. I'm feeling very wooey right now. Yeah, you are. You're, I don't you're, know. Try, you're not trying to woo me, are you? Oh, nobody. Okay, good. Because I'm taking, you're taking yes. no funny business. Yes, no, no funny period business yeah, period. period. Exactly. <laughs> All right, very excited for this particular podcast, Matt, because. I'm so uh, too. We've got a friend of ours joining us. Yeah. Who is the the breakout star? I would call him that. Absolutely. Absolutely. He is the breakout star, the daily show hosted by Trevor Noah, Mm -hmm. correspondent Roy Wood Jr. Yeah, psyched psyched about Roy. I'm very psyched about Roy and kind of double dipping here. He's joining us on the podcast. Yes. But then uh, we're going to be hanging with him up at Gilda's Laugh Fest up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Correct statement, sir. Yes. And uh, I'm excited for that festival because this is year six. And I've been wanting to go to this festival ever since its inception, and this is it. This is the year I'm going. I'll Skype you in. Yeah, you should Skype me in because <laughs> I'm actually not going. So yeah, I'm what, not, what what happened? Did it, so you got cement boots? Um, I you wasn't trouble with the law. I, I was. I, well, you, yeah, yeah. I am wanted in states and in 13 states, and Michigan's one of them. Oh, Jesus. no, that's not all true right. at all. Um, so if I so if they find out I'm associated with you, they might question you. They might hold you at the border and ask you questions. Uh, oh man! All right. Well, <laughs> no, no, no. Fake name uh, it is. I am unfortunately not going this year, but yeah, we're, we're obviously going to be representing. You'll be up there hanging out with Roy. It's going to be. I mean, Gilda's Laugh Fest is something as as you. I've wanted to go to as well for the mm-hmm. last six years or so, just because. First of all, it's a, it's it's started as a great cause to help mm-hmm. the guild guild guild. Gilda's Club uh, for the late great Gilda Radner from SNL, and it's kind of become like one of the premier festivals in the U.S. It's, it's great. a destination for sure. Totally, big I mean, huge names at this thing, including Roy Wood, who we're obviously going to see. David Cross, Jim mm-hmm. Norton, Ron Funches. Ron Funch is going to be there. Heather McDonald's going to be there. David Cross is taping his album up there, if I'm not mistaken. Oh no, I'm not, maybe maybe I'm thinking somewhere else. But I thought, Dave, but David David Cross is doing this first tour 
in like seven years. Yeah, which and, is he's, and be awesome. he's including Gildas. So that, including that's Gildas. just a testament I mean, like, to how cool it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First tour in like seven years. That's crazy. When we were and we were talking to him, he was on the podcast the other day. It was um, it was this great conversation about uh, how when the last time he toured, he's like, oh, I haven't toured in like six years. I need to like make sure it's not as long. And next time I go out on the road, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's a year later. Yeah. Longer. By the way, yeah, six years later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, all right. So we're pumped for that. We're pumped. Uh, Roy Wood Jr. is joining us on yeah, this episode of the and podcast. You'll there, and you'll be up there taping people, mm-hmm. you know, on podcasts and whatnot. More more podcasts without me. It's all right, dude. No, 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 no. It's not a shot. It really isn't. <laughs> it really isn't. Like I'm actually glad and like how much stuff we're getting done. It's just, you got to divide and conquer sometimes. Yes, so. got to do that. Yeah, and yeah, uh, totally. we'll be bringing some new podcasts back from South by Southwest as well. We've already booked a bunch. Oh yeah, and, we're going uh, to South by Southwest. And I'm sure it's stuff going to be happening on the flies. It always does. Dude, I'm so psyched about like March in general because March is like we're like in the middle of like some great festivals. I mean, South by Southwest happens first, mm-hmm. then Gilda's Laugh Fest happens, and right. then South by Southwest we're going to do the Laugh Button Live on uh, Tuesday night at 10 p.m. Which we're really excited about. Um, yeah, who's been, on that lineup, dude? It's Eliza comedians. It's, it's Eliza Schlesinger. Nice. It's which I I'm getting better at pronouncing her name. I don't know if you. So know wait, I want to hear it again. Now you're putting now me on the spot. Now I'm gonna now I'm gonna screw it up. Try it, Schlesinger. There it is. There you go. All right. So Eliza's gonna be there. Owen Benjamin's gonna be there. Uh, Alonzo Bowden's gonna be there. Wait, one well. more time. Alonzo Bowden. No. Uh, as well as Brendan Walsh. Wait, and, who's headlining? And uh, Eliza Schlesinger. Uh, yeah, nice. See, I'm telling you, I'm practicing. Getting there. I'm practicing. I've never, I've never realized I was messing it up until you told me this. So, you know, I don't know if that's a you thing or a me thing, but uh, Chris Cubis is hosting, and uh, Baron Vaughn is also on that as well. Yeah, buddy Baron Vaughn. Baron's great, man. Love yeah. Baron. Excited to see him. He's well, we were t- we were talking about this earlier. You said Baron's a friend, and I said, how good a friend? Like, will he help you move? And then you thought I meant, will he help you move like a dead body? Well, it, here's which the is thing. usually the the thing you say, but I meant most good friends help other friends move, and then really, really good friends that can. Keep Keep their mouth shut. Uh, help people move bodies. Well, well let's let's say this. Uh, yes, he would help me move, but it would definitely have to be on his schedule. Okay, I mean, he's a busy guy. You know, like okay. if I'm moving, there's a good reason. It's probably because I'm uh, downgrading, whereas <laughs> he's upgrading. Oh, okay. You know, uh, he's currently on Grace and Frankie on Netflix. Yes, he's going to be a part of the Mystery Science Theater 3000 Correct, reboot. Sir. And uh, he's got a new album he just uh, recorded, so he's yeah. going to have a big 2016 as well. I'm he excited. totally is. I mean, everyone on this list is going to have a big... I mean, Eliza, her her new show, Separation Anxiety, just premiered this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw it. Looks great. Looks like a great concept of a show. So there's that. She's got like her third Netflix special coming out. She's got a book coming out. She's got a big tour coming out. There's rumors that she's doing stuff with Amy Schumer for the next movie, so it's like... This is a year for Eliza, you know, so I'm pretty sure that we're going to have her on our show and kind of, uh, you know, kind of be part of like her awesome 2016. So that's going to be great. I mean, there's so much other stuff going on down at South by Southwest, too. There's the Grawlix show with those who can't. Um, CISO is going to be down there taping a bunch of stuff. Middle Ditch and Woods. Dude, I'm the president for, of the United States yeah, of America is going to be there. Barack Obama is going to be giving a keynote. He'll be there the day before I get there, but he'll be there the day you get there. As of this podcast yes. taping or, or when people will be able to hear it for the first time on Thursday. Uh, I entered my name into a, a lottery, okay. and, and if I get chosen, I'll, I'll get to. You get to see old Barrio. Yeah, we'll see. Go see Brunk Obama. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see, man. I, I think that'd, that'd be, be a pretty awesome, cool dude. thing to experience. That would be yeah, fantastic. Sure. I mean, like every year, South by just kind of figures out new ways to kind of like surprise you with what they have going on, and uh, the true. president is a big surprise. It was a huge surprise. Yeah. All right, let's get to the news. The yeah. laughbutton.com. That's your source for all said news we're about to talk about, and then some, because mm-hmm. we simply just don't have enough time to. Uh, inform you of all the news right here on this podcast. We go more in depth on the website. Right. More in depth on the website. Uh, up first, Will Farrell 
is uh, now scheduled to officially reunite <laughs> with Chad Smith, the drummer for the Red Hot Chili Peppers, for the Red Hot Benefit Comedy and Music Show in uh, Quinceanera. Am I pronouncing that right? Quinceanera. 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 Right? Yeah. Uh, I'm not whatever language that comes from. So. I think it's Spanish. Yeah, Spanish. It's like, it's a, it's a, well, from the way it's always been described to me, it's a Spanish version of a Sweet 16. But, oh, I, think okay. but I think it's younger than 16. Oh, it's 15. It's 15. So yeah. uh, it's, that's basically well, My wife's going to be pissed. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I like, your wife this. was probably going to be pissed for not <laughs> knowing this. Because I'm sure she had a Quinceanera. But um, uh, yeah, it's I the think, Spanish version of a Sweet 16. Oh, you know what? She did not. She did not. Instead, her mom promised her a trip to Paris when they got older. And sure enough, when we very first started dating, yeah. very first started dating, uh, she went on that trip, oh, and, and her mom go. took her to Paris. It was really I cool. thought you were going to go a different direction. Her, she promised her a trip to Paris, and <laughs> said, uh, "I didn't promise you that." When she was like twenty, and then all of a sudden, no, no. Oh, and so, okay. and so uh, yeah, they went, and and I didn't know what to do because it was like my girlfriend's out of town. I was like, uh, okay, I'll record a music album, and I did, and it you was done by the time she got back. I love five how days. You, I love how you're <laughs> bored in New York City. There's literally. Everything. Oh, dude, to I was do. so poor back then. That's like, true, I, yeah. you know, and there's plenty of free stuff to do in New York yeah, City. Yeah, but, yeah. but uh, you know, whenever I have a free moment, I always want to do something creative. So, so I, uh, yeah, I wrote and recorded a whole an EP and got it mastered. The whole thing. And it was, <laughs> and she goes, "Oh, so what'd you do? I was gone." I was like, "This." <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. That's great. So, 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 Will Ferrell, yeah, Will Chad, and Chad Smith, okay. back together. If you remember, famously, about two years ago that on uh, right, yeah. on Fallon. Uh, the two had a drum off. They did. So, and and the whole thing here is that Will Ferrell and Chad Smith kind of look like each other. That was the whole joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and they do. They really, they really do. do. Like yeah. if someone were to say, if you didn't know who either of these people were, even if you only know one of these people, yeah, maybe yeah. you don't know Will Ferrell, if you don't know you, Chad if Smith. If you know what you know one looks like, you know what the other looks like. Yes. They really do look alike. And so uh, they went on Fallon, and they had a drum off, and it was uh, very entertaining. And, this and spawned, they're going to do this again. So. And this spawned from like a couple other, like they they, they were always mistaken in public, and then right? It kind of it turned into a quote unquote feud, yeah. you know, uh, you know. And, I, and if I'm not mistaken, one of them wore a shirt that said "I am." I think Chad wore a shirt that said "I am not Will Ferrell." Oh, that's great. Or vice versa, which is that's incredible. Um, which is a shirt that needs to exist in the world for more people than just Chad Smith to have. Um, but yeah, the drum off, obviously Chad is a, f a perfectly capable drummer, Drummer, but uh, I think Will Farrell, if I'm not mistaken, his drum parts were uh, performed actually by Questlove of The Roots. Oh, when they really? Were on the Tonight Show, which is awesome. Chad Smith versus really? Questlove, that's still a great drum off. Really? Yeah, I think, well, I think uh, so. Speaking of Chad Smith and drumming, and uh, I've mentioned this before, but... Um, I had the chance to meet Chad Smith at that uh, Andrew WK 24-hour drum okay. yeah, yeah, record-breaking yeah. thing he did oh, in Times Chad Square. Did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, <laughs> what he, do you, Andrew WK, and Chad Smith from the Red Hot Chili Peppers have in common? Right, all have in <laughs> common. We all play drums in Times Square and are part of a world record uh, that, that happened. It was it was pretty cool. But yeah. but to see Chad, people like Chad and, Qu and Questlove was there, yeah, too. Yeah, Questlove was there, yeah, and totally. I to Quest see all there. these amazing heroes of mine uh, also partake in this thing, how did you con yourself into that? By the I, way? I, someone asked me, man. Oh, they, really? Uh, yeah, I guess someone over at VH1 who it was for uh, found out that, uh, you know, got my name. Oh, we need drummers. We need drummers. Because oh, okay. they, what yeah. they did is they did it in half hour chunks. Okay. And so when you'd come and, and play drums alongside Andrew WK, you, you got like a half hour time slot. Okay. But this thing is 24 hours. Yeah, so yeah you need a lot of drummers. A lot of drummers. 48 so, if my math yeah, is correct. Yeah, <laughs> so somebody over VH1 who I have connections with and yeah. MTV and all that stuff, word just gets around and there's like, oh, I know this guy. He plays drums. Oh, like, whatever. Funny. And they, they reached out and sure enough, uh, it was very, very cool to be a part of that. I still feel like you conned yourself into that. Oh, no, man. Uh, to, 
to just to let you know I did not because <laughs> had I, I'm pretty sure I would have planned a better outfit. I did this in swim trunks and, and a t-shirt that was stuffed in my desk in case you spill, you know, tea or coffee on you at yeah, work yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. I went over there and people were like, who's this guy? How's he in here? Don't let him pass security. It's like, no, I'm here to do this thing. You should have like, told people you, you like were like an asshole. You should have told people you were like Neil Pert. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. <laughs> hey, I'm Neil Pert. And they're like, you're too young to be Neil Pert. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, it was really fun. All right. We're way off topic here. Yeah, All right, yeah, yeah. Back to the news. So that's going to happen on, uh, let me, let me get the date. That's going to happen in April. Okay. And like I said, April 29th and, the, and it's a really cool benefit and comedy show and they haven't listed all the comedians who are going to be a part of it yet but we'll update the story as it comes in cool uh but uh, yeah that that's just that's fun man and that that's what comedy allows things like this to happen that are fun and unique situations that, oh, yeah, totally. that you're not necessarily going to get at a concert or or, or just every day well, that's also what i love about funny people it's one of those things where it's like musicians can kind of turn it on and turn it off i guess but like comedians are just they're constantly looking for the joke yep like they're constantly it, it's it's like, oh, there's a great joke there. And like no matter what the setting, someone could have just died, someone could have just whatever. But it's like if there's a joke there, the comic just has to make it. All right, well, speaking of that, yeah. speaking of that, okay. there were some people that found the joke Oh, in a very oh, unique situation. Oh my gosh. Very cool. The the, the 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 Zucker joke. Yeah. So so you want to tell the story about this yeah, uh, airplane? And yeah, yeah. Basically, um, there's this great show on True TV, by the way, called True Inside. And they basically talk about uh, an iconic comedy show, a comedy movie. It just started. They've only done two movies. Uh, one was Election. The other one was Airplane. And the Zucker Brothers, plus uh, plus their, their production company, ZAZ, Zucker, yeah. Abrams, Zucker, Abrams, yeah. um, they've produced Airplane. That was the first movie they wrote, directed, and produced. Airplane. Yep. Like one of the most iconic movies of all time was done their first movie. Airplane, Top Secret, The Naked Gun trilogies, all those spoof movies. They've they they like they set the groundwork for I wonder if Kentucky Fried movie would count as I guess, I mean, I guess that maybe that would be their first as yeah. Kentucky Fried Movie because those But let's guys, say Breakout. Like, look, the first commercial yeah, I guess success. Because so, they're – well, that was also the name of, like, their, their, their comedy troupe or their comedy venue, too. It was Kentucky something. Kentucky Improv or something like that it was called. Anyway, Kentucky Fried Improv. Is that what it was called? Anyway. Um, I'm just going to let you dig your Yeah, own. yeah, yeah. I'm just digging it. <laughs> um, anyway, so – Fast forward to this this TV show. They tell this fantastic joke, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like this is, and, and it was actually the Farrelly brother who was like, "Hey, listen, you want to know how far the Zuckers go for a joke? Ask him about the racehorse." And then it cuts to, uh, I want to say it was, uh, it was David Zucker. I want to say it was David Zucker telling this joke. Um, and he just tells this great story about about his racehorse. And I looked online to see if this joke was ever talked about any other instance, and it wasn't. I was like, holy shit, wow. this joke needs to be documented like, and put out in the internet somewhere where people can find out about this joke. So that's why at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, I'm like frantically writing down this joke onto the laugh button because it just needed to be preserved somewhere on the internet. Now, do you want to tell the joke or I do you want tell, people to go to the website? I, I mean, I don't know. Out. It's a great joke. It, I mean, like... Well, here, here's the thing. Okay. Set up the premise. It, it, okay. So the premise is... Basically, after they started, they become names in Hollywood. They basically bought a racehorse, okay, and they named the racehorse. <laughs> so crazy. Yeah, they went to Sarasota, Florida, the race the horse, and they named the horse All Pink. That was the name of the horse. You know, racehorses have ridiculous names. All Pink is actually a relatively benign uh, name for a racehorse, and they basically 
they told the jockey to not win the race, rather to run the entire race as close to the inside track as possible. Yeah, just hug that inside. Just hug that inside rail and just run around the entire time. And basically, I got to tell the joke now. I okay. Tell. Okay. All right. So basically, he gathered all his friends, you know, and they all just sat down in Sarasota. And the announcer is like rambling off the names, like you know, Secretary in first, Thunder Gulch in second, blah 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 blah. But wherever all pink landed it was all pink inside it's all pink inside <laughs> so they're in the middle of a racetrack in sarasota florida so screaming great. it's all pink inside a couple times and everyone's laughing and, and like but just think about the lengths you go for that joke you buy a racehorse <laughs> right. you name it all pink and then you go to sarasota you wait to race it in sarasota florida and instruct the jockey what to do like that's the level of dedication the zuckers go for a joke oh, so great i can't believe i never heard that joke until this until this time because that, that i'm sure it didn't happen last week that happened a while back so great joke i'm glad Very we cool. document on the left love those guys huge influence uh, huge person in my life guys all right, so uh, this news also broke uh, this past week. Jimmy Kimmel is going to be hosting the 2016 Emmy Awards. This mm -hmm. is something he's done before, so he's back. Uh, the Emmys are on ABC again, so this all makes sense. Totally. You know, and, and he's a great host, and he's going to be great. And, and the, good. the thing I like about Kimmel is he, he's, um, unlike any of the other hosts, like Ferguson was my favorite when he was I on, love Ferguson. But, but, but Kimmel is very, like, um, he can play the straight man very, very well. Yeah. And he walks that line of dry wit. Yeah. And and uh, set up and well he yeah. also kind of being quirky but he's so casual about it but he's you know all, he's he's a disciple he's, of David Letterman he's just Letterman. cool man he he's is a disciple cool. of David Letterman David right. Letterman's his late night hero so like everything Kimmel does is kind of like I want to I want to do my take of David Letterman which I think is it's kind of missing in late night right now you know f you know what Fallon is doing is not what Leno was doing and Colbert isn't. The, as the smarmy asshole as Letterman was, you know, like right. I've said this before on this podcast in particular, it's like no one's scared of late night hosts anymore. People used to be scared to go on Letterman because like, first of all, you didn't want to let Dave down. Second of all, you weren't sure what he was going to do. And Dave Letterman always had this attitude of like, I'm fucking Dave Letterman. Like, you know, so I would love it when like these random celebutants, uh, these Paris Hilton types would show up on the show and, you know, they would kind of get like, you know, ripped the new asshole from Letterman. But, but you know, Fallon's the nice guy which is a which is a role to play but i don't think anyone's playing that role right now i think kimmel's the closest thing we got yeah i think uh you know dave's old school new york i think I, I think that's a big part of it too you know that's missing now speaking so. of ferguson by the way if you uh if you miss ferguson particularly his cold openings mm -hmm. uh if you watch join or die he does a very similar cold open style as he would do for his monologues he does he does yeah, yeah, yeah. all right bunch of new albums coming out very soon here for you to yeah. check out you can pre-order most of these uh, our friend Josh Gondelman, of course, uh, one of the writers over at Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. He's got a new album coming out. Uh, the Reformed Horrors have a new album yes. coming out. Kevin Camia has got mm -hmm. a new album. Uh, so there's three right there. And uh, Baron Vaughn just recorded a new album. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's plenty of stand-up coming our way, which is great. Uh, of course, Netflix is probably going to drop news that like 14 specials are coming up. So I, I, I am waiting for the next one. They've, they were pretty, they've been pretty quiet since Theo Vaughn's. Right. Well, good reason for that. Maybe they're licking their wounds. Yeah. I, I mean, look, Theo's a great dude, but, uh, you know, we'll just leave it at that. Well, I, here's here's the way I've always looked at these specials is like 
when we went to Jay Okerson's special taping, that was special. You could tell it was like it was like the the result of a lot of hard work for that right. th- that the cub, and you could tell like whoa, that's an event. And some of these ones weren't. You know, some of the there's a point where when does a special stop being a special? How how many do you have? How how saturated does the market need to be? And um, some of the and I feel like Netflix is kind of walking that line where it's cheap content to produce so I don't fault them for putting the content together it super serves a niche which is always what Netflix has been always about but at the same time it's like how many specials can you put out before they're no longer considered special right. um, so alright well yeah uh, look, we're we're all excited that comedy just keeps happening and keeps happening, and it's all subjective anyway. Yeah, yeah, so, so what could be someone's least favorite is someone else's favorite. So, and and you have to uh, and you got to leave it at that. Case in point, George Lopez got a new has a new late yep. late show coming out, and like when when does George Lopez stop giving get be getting chances getting shows? Well, I, I mean, mean he's a proven commodity, man. Once, yeah, once you're proven one shows, time, but his last three shows didn't do anything. But as long as you're proven once, I that's guess. all it takes because yeah. uh, the people that haven't been proven yet uh, it, there'll always be hesitation that's just this how is it true. is I mean like he's George a brand Lopez, you know his name brand, he's a name his specials do well and he has an audience for it yeah I mean, it and be... I think he's funny man I mean he's got a new oh, TV listen, land I'm, show coming called Lopez I'm not taking anything away from it but I also am wondering is like he's now since his show that was the hit on on network television went off the air well I don't forget what it was even called uh Lopez. The FX one? No, 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 no. The FX one's called St. George. He had one on like network television. Oh, like the George Lopez the show. The George Lopez show. Oh. That show ran for, you know, I don't know, six, seven seasons, something like that. But then like, since then, there's been St. George. That's a Netflix, the, the FX show you're thinking of. Uh, St. George. Right. Which had one of those 10 100 deals, which it didn't get picked up for that. Um, and then there was the late night show on TBS before Conan went over there, uh, Lopez Tonight. But it's just like he keeps getting shows, and I understand why, but at the same time, it's like, all right, well, clearly people have moved on from George Lopez if his shows since then haven't worked. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, then again, you know what? Bill Cosby had like seven sitcoms. Yeah, but there's only, a lot of people. But you only I know, remember one. I know. know. I know uh, yeah, look, it happens a lot. I think yeah. people just want a sure thing. And, and but what I'm the trying hardest to say, part, he's not a sure thing. Though. Yeah, but the hardest part is selling the name if you don't know who well, that's it is. True. That's like, true. like, we talked about this off mic with Pete Holmes. Yeah, yeah. He's amazing. Pete yeah, Holmes yeah. is awesome. And he's getting a shot. He's now getting an HBO show. Of course. Judd Apatow. And he's going to get to where he needs to be. Yeah. But it just didn't work out with Late Night. You yeah, know? I mean, like, John Mulaney is another one. Like, his show on Fox was, was didn't do well at all. But, like, John Mulaney is an incredible talent. And that guy needs a show. Like, that guy needs to be a household name. Right. Like, but I just don't think that show was the right show. So, it's interesting. All right, well, we're going to get to this uh, Roy Wood Jr. interview. Of course, uh, he is a correspondent on The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. We're excited to have him. There was definitely some some craziness going on. Oh, yeah, that's right. I I already forgot. uh, (laughs) This took place in a dentist's office that was (laughs) also under construction at the same time as Matt was testing out his new drill bit that he got from Home Depot. At one point in the interview, someone started drilling into the building we were sitting in. Yeah. And it was vibrating. And, and, you know, we were up on... stick it out. We were on this... on like the you know the the tenth floor or something like that, and you heard this drilling from the ba- from downstairs. Just so consider it like you have tinnitus or tinnitus, depending on how you pronounce it. <laughs> tinnitus I've uh, never heard for a little called, bit. I've never heard anyone call it tinnitus. Uh, my doctor did, so I'm oh, going to take my right, doctor's. All right, you were going to say like your friend. I'm like your friend's an idiot. But if I said tinnitus, <laughs> no one would know what I'm talking about. So I'm going to say tinnitus, okay. and people have heard of that. Yeah, yeah. So and heard a, it. There is a drilling so, part where we do eventually change. Hang in there. Yeah. Here's Roy Wood Jr. All right. It didn't dawn on me till I got that Daily Show job right. that 
I've never been in New York more than four days in a row. Really? Really? 17-year career, I've never been in this city. So that's uh, someone talked you into consecutive a, days. Someone talked you into a Thursday through Sunday. Is that what is Yeah, that what I would happened? do a weekend at Gotham <laughs> right. or I would come and do a, like at my peak which was probably 2010 to 2014. I was coming to New York one week every 3 months just to do sets in town, just to I go do material everywhere else and then the best 15 minutes of the new shit I would bring to New York. All right, let's see. Let's see where this joke, where are the weak spots? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, New York will let you know, right? Yeah, New thought, York okay, that joke's act. not as funny as I thought it was. <laughs> Come with 15 minutes. The joke I always had is that New York is the only city I know where you leave with less time than you arrive with is a comic. <laughs> You're an out of town, or you come in town with 30 minutes, you leave with 11. <laughs> That's great. I think that that uh, applies to real life as well. You know, like I'm only in my 30s, but really I'm in my 50s. Like if yeah. I leave town and I go somewhere, the city's else. kicked you around <laughs> yeah. a few times. Yeah. yeah, the city just makes you look like shit, <laughs> it stresses you out. But yeah, man, good to see you guys. Yeah. All right, Roy Wood Jr. is joining us on the Laugh Button Podcast, uh, right here on the Ridecast Network. Yes, we are. I'm excited to have Roy uh, on. Personally, I'm excited because uh, not only have I known you for a while, but just the Cubbies are. I mean, I'm oh, just, let's just get this over with, right? This is this, this is going to become a Cubs podcast. Welcome to baseball talk, everyone. Yeah. No, I'm just Cubs looking good in the preseason. Spring training just opened in Arizona. Look, there's two things that happened because, uh, or, or when the Cubs had a great year last year. One, my wife now gets it why I want part of my ashes spread at Wrigley Field, and two, it like it legitimized that, right? And then two. Uh, I, I needed to get a hold of you so I could see how you were doing. If, if this is like, this could have been a sign of the apocalypse, right? So, we overachieved last year. So, in theory, this year should be better because they've added a couple of damn good players right. and a couple of pitchers. They've plugged a couple of holes, and I think we can recreate this if everybody does a, a smidget of what they did last year. The Cubs would be all right. I'm gonna go. Um, I've actually I got tickets to go to spring training. Oh, nice. That's kind of my. I don't know. I guess it's a new ritual. I've done it like this will be the fifth year in a row that I've done it. I don't always get to see them. I guess maybe this year I could probably see them. But when I was doing Sullivan and Son, Mm -hmm. I could never go and fucking see the Cubs play. Because from March through August, we were in production on the show. And just the dates never matched up. Never lined up. we would go on tour for like a month and a half or two months with Steve and the boys. And the next thing you know, it's damn near the playoffs. Yeah. And, you know, they, they only come to L.A. one weekend a year. So. And how often do the Cubs make the playoffs? There you go. <laughs> See what I'm saying? A lot of moons have to align Yeah. to, to make it work. Well, what you can do, Roy, is uh, you can not have a job. And then you're available for any game, anywhere they're playing. <laughs> you hear about these two turrets that are following Kobe around on his retirement tour? Oh, no. no. It's two, two. And these dudes are pretty... I don't know if they're from Canada. They're definitely foreigners of some sort. I don't know if they're American-born. Okay, maybe they're not foreigners. They're <laughs> minorities of some okay, sort. Okay, okay. But it's just two, they're clearly under 30, and it's just two guys that go to all – they're going to every single Kobe game from now through the end of the regular season. That's crazy. Just for Front the hell row. of it. But they're, not, but they're not like in the rafters somewhere. Like these guys are third row. Oh, so wow. they're fans. They're not like going to heckle him or something. No, like. oh. they're just fans. It's oh, just okay. two dudes who have two thousand dollars a night. Jeez, times eighty-two <laughs> games. 
just go see a dude and miss shot. <laughs> yeah, right? I, I mean, they picked the wrong ear to follow him around. Yeah. <laughs> we love Kobe so much, we want to see him go two for ten from the floor. It's like I, a guy who stocked up on Michael Jordan Washington uh, wizard jerseys. <laughs> like, I'm on board now. Yeah. I, I thought you were going the route of like the guy who's like stalking Ted Cruz with like Ted Cruz loves Nickelback poster, like every rally he oh, goes yeah. to. Do, do you know about this? There's a guy oh. following Ted Cruz with the sign that says Ted Cruz loves Nickelback and like you know every rally out there. But see, that's creepier to me than a sports fan. Like yeah. political fans are a little. There's something in their mind that's a little off. Like that's a guy I wouldn't want to be alone in a room with. <laughs> Whereas two young rich Kobe fucks. All right, I can have a beer with those guys. You know, you're just way too much of a fan of this guy. But like. When you're showing up at Ted Cruz rallies to basically silently heckle him and fuck with this dude, that's a level of obsession that's a little stalkery. Uh, yeah. It's but, funny. I mean, politics bring that shit out in people, though, man. I mean, like, especially this current political, like, climate. It's just, it's, it's nasty. We were in New Hampshire for the yeah, primaries. And my objective was to ride, ride along with this old couple. Yeah, I saw the bit, that. Yeah. Basically, they're like political groupies. They go to all, like, if the primaries were Coachella, like, they'd go see all the bands. Like, there would be <laughs> no band. Yeah. yeah, they let's see them all. It's not like, well, let's skip Saturday. Like, no, we want to see every single politician mm. speak. So I rode along with them to all of these rallies. And we didn't use this in the show, but we went to a Trump rally. And... Just the atmosphere outside. First of all, the Trump rally is set up like a like a civil rights protest where is it? Okay. you've got one side of the street. If you're on this team, you stand on this side of the street, and those are your signs. If you're on this team, you stand on this side of the street. And it looks like like a Trump rally from the outside, it looks like one of those civil rights movies where they're driving to the courtroom. Mm. You know, it's that shot inside the car with yeah, the like lawyer talking right. to the Yeah, on the car. Yeah, you okay. get out of town right yeah. now! <laughs> you leave, nigga! You get out of town! And it's just Matthew McConaughey talking to some black dude in the backseat. <laughs> just calm down. That's, ignore them. That's kind of terrifying to know that that's, uh, that's actually happening. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a weird energy. And I'm like, these people came to stand here for three hours ahead of time. Mm-hmm just to see the Trump motorcade cruise by and wave that sign at him that you made for it probably took you a week to make you probably mm-hmm. made nine trips to Michael's <laughs> yeah. to get all of you <laughs> stocked up on Sharpies, multicolored yeah. Sharpies. <laughs> and like you're out there and you're in it and you're talking to these people. I'm just like, wow, there's nothing else inside your brain mm. other than who's going to make America great again. And we got to like, just it's scary. The stuff that people regurgitate, well, he believe the last primaries he did, he like thanked like the ill-informed. Basically, he's like, "I love the ill-informed" or something like that. Yeah, it is exactly the undereducated. I'm like, really? Like, that's that's kind of terrifying. And then also, there's like the, the news, like a white supremacy group was like making robocalls on his behalf, and it's just like, what are you doing? It's what weird is this? This is terrifying, shit, man. This is 2016. This is it's terrifying. It's worse. Trump or Trump supporters. Uh, I, I, I think Trump supporters because what I I honestly Trump to me is basically the last twenty years of the shit that Fox News has sprouted in a human form. Like 
why is everyone surprised what, that Trump is so popular? Because this is the crap that people have been listening to for the last 15 years. Like, if you do nothing but scream that Muslims are terrible people and that you need to build walls to keep out the illegals, at some point that manifests itself and it's doing it right now. <laughs> was his wife a foreigner? Like, like that's yeah, what yeah, I don't his understand. wife's a foreigner like, too. Yeah. I don't get it. It's, like, it's, uh, it's incredible. His it's wife's like, family can't even come in the country anymore. Yeah. Donald, I want to see I mean, my family. No. <laughs> I mean, how are these, th- these conversations must happen daily on the daily show about like how do you address this in a comedic way when part of it's sometimes not really funny it's it's interesting though because that's the interesting thing about that the daily show is that you'll have a morning meeting where you kind of bounce around you know here's the stuff that's going on for Mm -hmm. the day here's what we're thinking about or whatever and no matter how morbid or dark or weird or how real the topic you know it's like 20 25 people all in the room for an hour there's always one person that's gonna throw out a joke like it doesn't matter how like yeah it could be i don't know you just like what was the one the syrian refugee crisis when the photographer was kicking yeah tripping up refugees mm-hmm. I mean, it's horrible dark stuff mm-hmm. But there's always one person in the room with a joke, and that's what you need. Yeah, you yeah, need you, find, you need that person to start that. Yeah, yeah. we need to find you know, how do we make this funny and still be tasteful and still be you know respectful, right, to the victims. But yeah, it's it's a very interesting process, man. Now, Roy, uh, when you when you did get this gig on the Daily Show, and congratulations on that. Yeah, man, we didn't even talk about that yet. Yeah, it's pr- it's pretty awesome. Did you uh, did you immediately go to your Wikipedia page and see if it had been upgraded? <laughs> like, uh, oh wow, now everyone all of a sudden knows all the stuff I used to do because I've been doing it for a little while now. So, <laughs> or did you have to go dive back into the Twitter feed to delete some of those questionable ones. I, that I did. Do. Oh wow, like no bullshit. Yeah, like I first thing I was because I found out I got the job and then it was gonna be four days until they announce and I was like fucking sweet <laughs> four day <laughs> cushion man time to yeah. go yeah. time to go like, clean up the history time to comb the desert seven years of tweets though yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And oh I, man and <sighs> it's not like I had a bunch of heinous shit I, yeah. I've never you know what I found out about myself you find out a lot about yourself if you go back through your tweets it's a lot of live tweeting about TV shows mm-hmm. a lot of live tweeting about sporting events I complain a lot, <laughs> and I reply to way too many people. That's really all I really yeah. like. Interesting. I'm not like it's not like I'm a guy that's inherently on the edge comedically anyway. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like say if I don't know if Jim Norton or Anthony mm-hmm. Jeselnik or mm-hmm. guys that live in a different yeah. lane of comedy. Mm-hmm. If they got the job, like they would just I don't know. Just delete their Twitter. (laughs) Just delete Twitter. No, no point in going back. Yeah, Yeah, but you know, there were a couple of you know there was set the N word a lot from 2009 (laughs) to 2011 on Twitter. What was going on? Yeah, it's such a specific. You're like April 6th to uh, 2009. I was working through some things. You know when it was? It was when I it was the two years that I had a morning show, a morning Mm -hmm. radio show in Birmingham. Right. And Birmingham is a very relaxed city as far as verbiage so you know i would talk to the listeners i was i always wanted to be the dj that interacts with the listeners and Mm -hmm. if you send a tweet to the show i'm gonna reply and we're gonna engage and i was very very conversational (laughs) (laughs) it was inward and a conversational tone it wasn't like right right yeah fuck these niggas like like, no it was legit man it's like (laughs) 
them niggas at City Hall don't know what they do. Like, I would call local politicians the N word. Like it was just, just generally unbecoming behavior of a Daily Show correspondent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know how people love to take the past and pin it on your present. Oh. So yeah, it's pretty. I mean, obviously seeing that happen to to Trevor, and then you get a four four day yeah, window. You bitches ain't gonna get. Yeah, me. you're like, it's not. Don't even. Don't Dude, even try it. I would search for my name. The interesting thing, though, is that when you search for your name mm-hmm. plus the word nigger, <laughs> and you find out I've many, never done that, but okay. <laughs> you find out how many people have been calling you nigger. Oh, wow. wow. Up and down Twitter <laughs> and unrelated tweets. Oh, man. I was oh, like, wow, Jesus. that guy called me a nigger back in 2013. I wish I'd have <sighs> known. I'd have said something to you. Now I can't engage him. Yeah. 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 Can't pick up a conversation from three years ago. That's the most frustrating thing is, you know, I got suspended so much during radio from 01 when I started as an intern to when I, like, basically left radio in 2012. Mm-hmm. I got suspended and written up and reprimanded so many times for talking shit about businesses. Mm-hmm. And, like, now it's cool because The Daily Show gives me an opportunity yeah. to tactfully... Right go after entities that aren't doing right by the people. But it's got to be a proper story. you got to pitch it. There's nine degrees of filtering before you go out with a crew. But I can't hate tweet anymore the way mm. I want. I was at a hotel, and they, had a, they have a $20 hot dog. And I wanted to go on Twitter and just fucking drag them through the fucking mud. Like, how dare you, motherfucker? Like, <laughs> So that's just a normal hot dog wrapped in a $19 bill. Is that what that, that is? is? That's basically what it is. <laughs> okay. I do say on the podcast, it's the W Hotel in Miami, South Beach, <laughs> Ocean Boulevard. How fucking dare you? <clears throat> oh, I know why. Because it's been in someone's vagina. That's why. It's been in someone's vagina. It is South Beach, so there's upgrade. They also had a pet menu, which I found laughable. What? But, but stuff like that, you yeah, just can't yeah, go yeah. trash a business. Yeah. Online anymore because it's just it's not Pit worth the menu. trouble. Plus, you don't know who's sponsoring the show, and I don't want to. Di- I don't want to be disrespectful to the sponsors, but I do want a hot dog for under twelve bucks. <laughs> <laughs> under twelve, I think more than five for a hot dog. Well, with all the hotel, hotel, they give you a hotel plate yeah, yeah, yeah. and some markup and delivery fee and all that horse. They're getting shit. pricey at Toss the ball them. games too, man. Speaking of like Dodger dogs and going to like going to see a baseball game, hot dogs are getting up there, man. Yeah, that's why when sports fans complain. Pay these athletes all this money because you went and you yeah, drank you, a nine dollar beer, asshole. Yeah, don't drink at the game. Don't eat at the game. In fact, don't go to the game if you don't want them to make that, that much money. Would be amazing. Well, that's, well, you know that like, started happening over in the UK, right? The, uh, I don't know if you're you're aware of this, but Liverpool they did a walk. Yeah, Some fans walked out, right? Yeah, at Liverpool at at a specific time during the game or during the fixture. If you're if you're really yeah, nerdy about it, um, they raised the ticket prices, man. Okay. Like the the they're getting outrageous, like anywhere in sports as they are. Um, but they raised the prices a certain amount of money, and at that minute mark, everyone just got up and left. Hmm. We're like, peace, we're not paying these anymore. So if the and price it, of the ticket is $40.50, then at the 40-50 mark yep. in the contest. They're like, Psh. it was. Oh. I think it was like the 68th eighth minute. They they, uh, they peaced out. Peaced. Wow. They I mean, got that's out how of you there. have to do it. And and I the mean, owners and everybody at the, uh, that was involved with Liverpool was like, hey, you know what? We hear you loud and clear. We're going to freeze ticket prices from now until X amount of years from now. We're not going to raise these. Like, we get it. We hear you. 
And so now everyone's oh, like, all it cool, it worked. So like now everybody wants to do it, right? But that's what you have to do. Well, there's a whole controversy happening with the Yankee tickets within the last week, too, where basically right. they said we're not going to sell them on uh, tickets on StubHub because they didn't want... Basically, they said they didn't want the people... The working class people to sit in the nice seats. That's basically what right. they said. Isn't that it was crazy? Like, yeah. It's like, are you fucking kidding? Okay, me? so you want empty seats? But you know, they they complain that there's empty seats back there. Yeah, we but don't know how to. Those people don't know how to sit in the right. in a seat. seat. It was something like that. It was something like, yeah, you don't know how to sit here. Yeah, it's crazy, yeah, right? I don't know how to sit. <laughs> I'm a fan going to a baseball game. Yeah. If anybody knows how to sit here, it's me and not the people that probably normally well, sit here. I so, like sitting outside anyway. Yeah. At the Yankee Stadium? Any or baseball game. Like, I'm a I'm a yeller. I'm a I talk shit. I I heckle a defense. <laughs> We're in San Diego. Oh God, this poor fucking guy. Be- beautiful stadium, by the way, Petco Park. Be- oh, Petco's f- right in the middle of downtown. You, gotta- you can take the. We would take the Amtrak from L.A. Okay. And the Amtrak will drop you off literally six blocks from. Oh, the that's stadium. amazing. That's great. No rental car, no nothing. Watch the game. Take the train right, right back, back to L.A. There was this guy. Uh, we were sitting low, and there's a guy in the first deck above us, first row. He misses a foul ball that clearly. <laughs> Like you're if, not even heckling a, a, a player at this point. Right? No, <laughs> it's just <other> <laughs> that clearly, if he reaches over the railing, he would fall to his death. Okay. For trying to reach for this foul ball, but you see him kind of half commit, and he kind of reaches and kind of then I just fucking lay into this guy. <laughs> you don't want it. Either you want it or you don't. Leave. Leave. You should leave. Were there some N words in there too, Roy? No, no N words. No N words in there too. (laughs) What type of example are you setting for children? (laughs) That is a foul ball. You Uh, should get that foul ball. I love how personal it gets so quickly. Oh, (laughs) this is second inning. I wrote this. I have my kid here. Look at how you're trying to raise my kid wrong in this baseball stadium. We were in. We were drunk in Houston in the outfield at a Minute Maid Park. I think. This is how long ago this was. It was still Enron Field. Oh, jeez. Okay. They Mike, were still a thing. <laughs> yeah. Enron was still in business. And Mike Cameron, who at the time was playing for the Padres, and they're playing the Astros, mm-hmm. and Mike Cameron is a really dark-skinned dude. Like, mm-hmm. looks like Wesley Snipes from 80 yards out. So Such a specific distance. With three innings. <laughs> yeah. I just keep yelling, hey, Wesley. <laughs> That's it. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying snipes. I'm not saying you're black. Or I'm blade not... or anything. You know what I'm <laughs> hey, Wesley. <laughs> and I'm Googling on my phone. I'm pulling out. <laughs> Wesley, remember that time you went 0 for 4 before, on like the baseball um, <laughs> baseball reference website where you can click a player yeah. and it just shows every Any stat bat. from every game. Any, yeah, yeah. He yeah. slides with his left foot out. Like it's everything <laughs> you want to know about people in the sport. And we heckled this dude. I started calling him Sharpie. <laughs> Jesus, I love it. Like, just if I was white, dude, they would have fucking, I would have been gone. There's no fucking way they would have allowed me to remain in the stadium. But it was like this subtle racism where just only if you're black, you know that I'm being just ridiculously offensive. To this right. Man. Right. And so, somewhere around the eighth inning, you know, when an outfielder makes the last catch mm. of the, um, 
The inning. Right? Of the inning. Sometimes they'll turn and throw the ball into the crowd. Yeah. So Mike Cameron makes a catch. And we're three rows out. Like I can, we're making eye contact. We're literally <laughs> making eye contact. And he turns and holds the ball up as if he's gonna throw it to me. And I stand up like a fucking happy four year old sea otter. <laughs> Ooh, ball! Throw it to me! Throw it to me! And he pivots and throws it somewhere else, yes. and basically made me look like a dumbass. <laughs> throws the ball into the crowd, looks back at me, and gives me the most subtle middle finger you've ever oh, seen. Wow! Nice. He never holds it up. Right, it's right. down by his side, so his hands by his side, and like his hand is closest to the stands. Mm-hmm. So if you were watching on television, you can't even see his right hand. So great. It's fucking ingenious. Genius. And he just throws me a middle finger and it's neat and nice and it's down by his knee. It's down low. Only I can see. And he knows I Classic. saw it. Like, well, you're talking about it now. Yeah. He turns back and looks at me just this smirk like, yeah. <laughs> well, don't you think you kind of deserve that? Yeah. Oh, of course. I deserved it. It was fucking amazing. Okay. But you don't get that experience in the club level seats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't yeah. get that. And, you know, I've it's made funny. a lot I, of good friends at baseball games. Well, it, I, I do find it funny that kind of relating this to comedy is like, you know, that you're basically heckling talent at their job. Oh, yeah. It's and now horrible. if we were to relay this. How th- dare me? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was going to say, how dare you as a comedian who I'm sure has been heckled at some point in his life? <laughs> yeah, I've had a couple. I've had a couple interesting heckles. Um, I kicked this these girls out of a show in philly it was a bachelorette party and they were taking selfies in the front row it's always that always sounds like a terrible they took selfies for 20 minutes and i kept asking them please stop or whatever and the thing about me is that i don't have i don't have tact i'm not tactful Mm -hmm. when it comes to crowd work like i'm not ian bag i don't have Mm -hmm. that skill set in me to work interaction into an act and somehow make it funny i just get furious and i just want you to leave like it makes me mad and people don't get it and the problem for me is that i can't show anger because i it's an emotion you can't come back from on stage if your act doesn't fit it and i don't have the type of act where Mm -hmm. i could just be enraged at someone and come back yeah so anyway movie theater concessions <laughs> like i don't have that don't have at it, all yeah. yeah so it's 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 real touch and go for me gotcha well uh, now i know next time i come see you or, or maybe up at gilda's laugh fest if you hear a guy uh, out in the distance yelling wesley hey wesley <laughs> hey wesley hey wesley that's like a very specific heckle now it's i know like- i'm 80 yards away <laughs> I used to sit behind the bullpen in Wrigley. I would sit like two or three, um, two or three rows behind the bullpen, mm-hmm. and I would flick peanut M and M's at the guys in the bullpen, the opposing team's bullpen. But not like direct beeline, like yeah, just close. I would lob them like from my lap. I would thumb flick it up so it would fall like a mortar. <laughs> so it would hit them like from above. So they really don't know where it came from. And if you do it properly. No one sitting yeah. even knows that the mortar went up in the air. Right. It's Missile Command style. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. That's how I would do it. And they would turn around, what the fuck? And she's like, hey, it's not me. That, well, speaking of soccer, that happens all the time when people are trying to take corner kicks and stuff. The big thing now is throwing coins. Like whipping coins at people when they're t- trying to take the corner kick. Yeah, because that's games. when they're closest to the crowds. Right like down corner. down in South America, it's bottle, it's everything. But uh, but now the big thing, like uh, in England, if people flick coins, man, 
and, and you can't tell where it came from, you know. That's better than the batteries they were throwing. Yeah, was it at the refs in Cleveland? Yeah. yeah, there was a there was a guy in um, was it JD Drew. Was that the guy from the Phillies who like like they were supposed to go to Philly but didn't? Yeah, Philly, I, I'm from the Philly area, so like you always hear. Yeah, yeah. Some dumb shit happened so, at an Eagles game or a Phillies game or whatever. Right. Or Santa Claus getting yelled at. Snowball fights happening. Like just dumb shit. So you're you're flicking peanut M and M's. That's one thing that's funny. <laughs> but but now you're throwing battery like yeah 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 stuff that can. Oh, that's legit Actually, injury. Yeah, legit <laughs> injury. D batteries. Like, we're not talking yeah, about yeah, double right. A's and right. flinging them. They're throwing D batteries. Yeah, that's assault. That's what John that Rocker said that um, <laughs> when he used to play for the Braves and he came to the Mets, when they would play the Mets, when he was in the bullpen. Good old uh, John Rocker, the, huh? Yeah, he, he, he didn't, didn't talk deserve. himself into a corner. Yeah, he kind of <laughs> the, the real life version of Kenny he, Powers, John he, Rocker. He yeah. is the D battery of baseball, right? He, is the, <laughs> he should be thrown. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it's it's a different it's a different world to be in the stands and versus in some box or whatever. Like mm-hmm. I've only gone to two NFL games, mm-hmm. and one was club level, one was kind of like you know upper deck, and it's two different experiences. And I sure. just like I don't know, man. I just like being with the people. Plus, when you have like a single ticket or whatever. And you're like basically in the coach class equivalent of right, the stadium. Right. You make weird friends. Like there's people that I've met just because you, when you buy a single ticket, they put you next to other friendless fucks who mm-hmm. didn't have a friend, and, and it's just like <laughs> the, free, the free agents, and then, yeah, the fans. And then you become you a friends. bunch of other single ticket fuckers. Yeah. All where are you together. from? Ireland. Oh, okay, I get it now. Like a nine <laughs> inning speed date is yeah, what right. it turns into. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. That's great. Um, how do you feel about uh, people that are, are get heavily involved in politics, but but they aren't? That isn't their main facet. You know, like a, an actor, an actress, uh, a, an athlete, or someone else doing something that isn't di- necessarily directly related to politics, but then they heavily get involved. Like, do you do you? You mean like Bono doing philan- like like yeah yeah working third world nation because really? they've they've been able to achieve this 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 place where their voice will be heard you know what I mean and then sometimes it's not always the best thing that comes out you know that oh they- of course I think it's stupid though that it shows how stupid we are as a country that I won't listen to anyone's opinion unless I respect how well they can sing. Or dance, <laughs> right? Or hit a ball. That's where I'm going with this, right? Hey, man, you, I want to talk to you about gun control. Well, can you sing, motherfucker? <laughs> what are you not really? Like? Get the fuck out my face! Nobody gives a fuck what you think. Can I tell you about police brutality? Well, how many Grammys do you have? Well, I have fifty-three of them. My name's Beyonce. Okay, continue. Yeah, tell me about it. Yeah. <laughs> Will you dance while you talk to me about police brutality? Yeah, I think I can come up with a nice video and I'll lay on top of a police car. Okay, then we will discuss this issue now. <laughs> right, so this is being discussed. Right, this video comes out, now it's being discussed, blah, blah, blah. Everyone and that's has a an opinion. to me. Right, so, so it sparks the conversation whether what actually is sparking the conversation well, is see, good or bad. Well, see, I think right? that's the perfect middle ground is that Beyonce can do it within her music. Mm-hmm. She's not out holding symposiums and... Yeah doing town hall meetings on the stuff and that's not to Mm. say she isn't capable of it or can't do that but i just really feel like a lot of artists get a little too deep in the weeds 
when they talk about that type of stuff. Right. Mm. Because they don't always know what they're talking about. But then you have people like George Clooney. Yeah. Who that's their shit activism yeah. like that's yeah. what they live for so yeah they you know, just happen to be an actor right if the people if the only way to get people to pay attention is to have some singing dude or actor or someone they like who hits the ball real far then how else are you gonna get their attention you're kind of fucked in a way it's i don't think it's the actor's fault as much as it is the people's fault mm-hmm. well i think that's a testament to a sh- to shows like the daily show where you learn a lot, but you're, you know, you're getting that humor element to it as well. I mean, I feel like, you know, The Daily Show over the years has done a lot of really great things and shed light on some stuff that people might not have otherwise been able to really, like, pay attention to or cared about. I have no idea what that noise is. Sounds like a hammer drill going into the wall. That's what it sounds. That's my guess. Someone's hammer drilling a concrete wall outside. Are you serious? There's so they, many they don't noises tape a game show this. next door and a buzzer got stuck or anything, right? Like, so much noise in this city. Yeah, right? It's the one thing they could never prepare me for when I moved here. It's just motherfuckers yelling. Yeah. It's three in the morning. You just hear some dude go, what, what? You did it. You did it. You know you did it. It's so funny. It doesn't matter what neighborhood just it is. Just last no night at my, outside my apartment, 1130 at night. Just some <laughs> lady yelling at the The only reason, you know, he's asking you to marry is because he fucked me first and then he that I introduced it. And you're just like, What? And you look outside, she's not talking to anybody. She's oh, yelling down the street. You're fuck. just like, All right, there's that lady. <laughs> That's even scarier. You know, like, so that lady's happening. <laughs> but no, I think famous people who want to talk about issues that matter, mm-hmm. you need them. Right. But don't get too preachy. The, the, the other side of it, though, is that. Do you really want to discredit somebody because the only thing they're... Like, if Kim Kardashian comes out and wants to say, I want to talk about gun control, it's like, all right. Good impression, by the way. Nailed Listen, it. Yeah, nailed the Kim K impression. You fucked a couple guys on camera and you finagled that into a great career. Fucking guys more famous than the previous guy you were fucking... But if she has groups of people who won't listen to any other person deliver the information, yeah. Kim Kardashian is an asset... Yeah. To your cause That's true Yeah it's, it's, And that's not a knock on Kim It's a knock on the people Yeah Who will only listen to her or Will only listen to reason I mean, Well it happens every You know Well it's a celebrity Political election live thing in, Right mm-hmm. You know the Republicans And the Democrats All march out there You know Here's who we got on our side mm-hmm. You know That happens every four years Well it's I mean so It's so weird it's, We live in a celebrity society I mean look at like What Obama had to do this his last pre- the you know the become his first presidential run. I mean, he was the one of the first ke- pr- sitting presidents to appear on a late night talk show, uh, you know. And he would he's he's on Ellen like I feel like every three weeks he's on Ellen or he's popping up somewhere to talk about stuff. When he's trying to get Obamacare pushed by, he drops by Letterman. It's it's very weird the 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 cycle of yeah. the celebrity we you live have to appear some level of normal and humane. That's why all these politicians go to Iowa and eat shit food yeah. for a week so that somebody will vote for them. Instead right. of just going, fuck you, pay attention to my policies, go to the website. No, it's, well, I saw him eat a fucking yeah. elephant ear and a corn dog. I yeah, guess he's yeah, an all right guy. Yeah, yeah, some fried something. Some smoking mirrors. We, we've been talking about this a lot over the last, uh, I want to say six months, uh, Roy, and you're a perfect person to, to answer this question. It, it feels, because comedy exposes truth, right? And, and we'll talk specifically to politics here because comedy is one of the last soapboxes where you can stand up and say what you, you, you feel and, 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 and have it be an entry point to discuss hot button topics that you can't in any other form, you know, because comedy allows you 
to to do that. It, it seems now every politician has to engage in comedy in some way now, right? Whether it's to go on Larry Wilmore's show or your show or That's Saturday Night Live. or yeah. they, Comedy is now a, 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 a must destination for it's politicians. It's the perfect vessel. Right. It's the perfect delivery vessel. Comedy is one of the best vessels for delivering your agenda. If you can make someone laugh, you can make them feel something. And once I make you feel an emotion... You're more porous to anything else I want to pour down your, pour into your brain after that. So I think that's why a lot of politicians do it. And it's funny because so many of them didn't. If you look at the mm-hmm. early days of The Daily Show, they weren't getting a lot oh, of yeah. politicians on. And now they get legit people who aren't funny, but they understand if I go on this show, there's certain people who want to be touched this way, so I'll go on the show. Like you get senators, mm-hmm. people aren't even running for office. We just had a guy on not too long ago, the ex head of the CIA. He was the guy who oversaw drone strikes mm-hmm. in Afghanistan, and like this dude was like one of the most amazing interviews. And he has a book that he's you know, but it's the fact that he would even come on the show and take and Trevor fucking doesn't hold back on these yeah. people all right it's like, you know hey man you authorize drone strikes and sometimes children are killed in these strikes don't you think you're creating more terrorists than you're killing like just straight up real a, deal question yeah, yeah. real yeah. question yeah, never totally. gonna be asked at any debate or anything ever yeah. especially oh, on a book sure. tour or anything like that yeah. Yeah. yeah but the guy knows this is a very fair place to come and deliver that message and then you the viewer feel like yeah, these people are being taken to task and held accountable, and there's a chuckle in between all of it, so it doesn't turn into CBS Sunday morning or some, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Sunday morning political show where there are no jokes. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the biggest difference between what the Daily Show does, or you know, Samantha B or SNL or right. anybody. It's just we're gonna sneak a joke or two in between the serious shit. So, so you think comedy humanizes people more so than eating an elephant ear, right? At, at uh, some <laughs> shitty county neck fair. And neck, bro. <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate that it is a uh, neck and neck. But, but I think people are learning now that that comedy is, you know, I think it'll eventually overtake. It's got to. It's got to. I also think it humanizes some of these people. Some of these people are very stiff. They're very rigid. They're almost vetted to the point of death as far as talking points and things to say right. and if you can put them in a situation where they can get a laugh it kind of humanizes them too um, granted you have people like Trump on SNL who didn't want to say certain things because he didn't want to affect people in in Iowa but then like the next sketch he's like dancing in like a Drake parody video <laughs> yeah which is just hilarious <laughs> I don't think he knew he was in a Drake parody I, think I don't he know just Trump at a green <laughs> one of his screen. staffers was just like no, 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 that's cool. Just yeah, do yeah, it. Just do cool. it. Yeah, Trust yeah, me, it's yeah, cool. Yeah, 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 sure. That's definitely what happened there. <laughs> so so uh, I want to go back to what we were talking about, uh, like it, who's scarier, Trump or the, or, or the people that, that support him. Um, because the, the further we move down the line towards idiocracy uh, and, and these people that do, like I'm baffled that somebody would even go like, yeah, that guy. Especially when we're, we live in a time when everything is readily available now. Mm-hmm. Information, mm-hmm. news. Now there might be more to sift through, you know, to get the facts. Absolutely is more. But is that, do you chalk it up to just laziness or people are afraid to change or come to a realization that like, oh, you know what, uh, uh, my politics are kind of fucked up. I should probably think yeah, about this, you, you know? You have to first accept the fact that you're a flawed person in order to mm-hmm. be a part of that change. And most people feel like 
what they believe is right. You know, I forget what the number was, but like 20% of Trump supporters also believe that the white race is the superior race. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's terrifying. That's clown town. That's, but that's, that's terrifying, though. Because yeah, that's, there's, that's, first of all, there's still people like that on this planet, which obviously it is. We haven't eradicated racism in 2016, unfortunately, but it's still terrifying that it's that many. I'm trying to fuck this racism, though. Yeah. Get these white girls pregnant. Haven't <laughs> <laughs> started yet, but that's my plan. Hey, look, look, Roy, if we're, if we're all mixed, you know. <laughs> You know, in the end, right? Is that the end game? Uh, yeah. We all fucking mix it up, like man. Like that you episode know? of South Park where everybody's the same complexion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's no more discrimination. Like I so know, now if, everybody can get a job. Exactly. So no exactly. Someone's like, got a joke of like, then they'll start making fun of like percentages. Like, all oh, these 20% white people. <laughs> That's funny. Racism would just turn into a number thing. It's just a percentage game of racism. <laughs> I forget who has a joke, but someone definitely had that joke. So, so now when you fill out your race and those bubble charts, it's actually you pick the pie chart that's most equivalent <laughs> to you, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I think people, for the most part, they're dumb, they're scared, and they don't want change. You know, and that's unfortunate. But you know, a guy like Trump, I always feel like, I'll always feel like the congregation is more dangerous than the pastor. Oh yeah, it's yeah, I agree, oh yeah, I agree. Well, it's also it's the group it's groupthink. You know, you have a single person, you could probably have a rational conversation with someone. But then you get a group, and they get panicky, and that's how riots and lynchings start. Is because, you know, people just kind of yeah. like glom onto it. That's yeah. when it becomes that's become when it becomes terrifying. Sure, and and everything nowadays is so to the extreme, right? Like everything's always the best, the worst. The craziest, the most unbelievable, right? Nothing is just happening. It's yeah, it's got to be, be normal. The, yeah, the most impactful thing ever. And and this happens all the time, especially more recently. Mm-hmm. You know, with how divided these elections are, there's no more seventy thirty. You know, eighty yeah. twenty. It's fifty one forty nine now. That's just how it is. Yeah. And and people are like, I'm gonna leave the country if Trump well, gets elected. So I think, all right, if if why would you be worried about that happening and not? in turn say then i better inform these people that you think are going to vote for trump and convince them to not well, so that yeah. you don't have to leave the country you know what i mean that's that's why no that's too that's too easy that I, would make too much sense i think i feel like when the whole red state blue state thing became a thing maybe 10 15 years ago like that that just kind of drove a wedge of like all right you're red state you're worth shit you're blue state you're worth shit and i think that I feel like that divided people more like i and also you know, you have to be hard left or hard right. There's no moderates anymore in anything. It's like, you know, and, and I mean, and the same people that said that talk shit about Obama, they, uh, the the people that are talking shit about Bush are like happy for Obama and vice versa. It's almost like, fuck that guy, I want the other guy. Then it's like, oh, well, fuck that guy, I want the other guy. That's how, like, I come from New Jersey. That's how Jersey politics have been. It's Republican, fuck the Republican, get the Democrat in there, fuck the Democrat, get the Republican. It's like, it's literally yeah. just like one after the other. It's just like, just don't want whoever's in the office at any given How time. much do you think the 24 hour news cycle has played into the political division oh, oh, in the oh, country 100 it's, it's like if you go jump. 15 years ago before you know back when cnn was well, still that's, just that's a 80s man. well yeah. i think i think 9-11 changed it where people wanted to update information they wanted the news crawl google wasn't doing real-time searches back then because google google cites 9-11 as a reason they actually feel like they failed their, their their readers because when people were looking to see what was going on with 9-11 it was pulling up World Trade Center stories from five, six years ago. They couldn't right. get updated information about what's going on. And I feel like that's when it just kind of became 
mm-hmm. crazy punditry. Because then you start finding that there's more people who think that. Because the thing about the crazies before, anybody who thinks some weird shit was that they always were kind of on an island. Yeah. And then you start seeing people that are just like you popping up on TV and getting interviewed. And then they start, you can form a message board and a mm-hmm. group and connect. And then yeah. now you're not alone anymore. Mm-hmm. And so now these people become a larger political constituency, you know, because yeah. there's more connectivity because they're seeing their thoughts and ideologies being echoed on more channels. So when you see someone else saying what you feel, then you don't feel insane anymore. I just think it it adds fuel. It added fuel to the fire. Yeah, I I, I would say that because it used to be, what six o'clock news news that was vetted by people that was actually researched to find out who what the what actually happened, where it happened, who it happened to, and then it was delivered by someone who understood the fair and balanced element of it. I, I feel like it's a lot. You have a lot more bias where you know what you're getting when you watch Fox News. You know what you're getting when you're watching MSNBC. You, you know, to spin that back to you and, and what you guys are doing at The Daily Show, do you feel the pressures of ratings affecting what you guys are trying to do in your message and you know what you're trying to achieve with the show i don't you know i'm sure that that's that's executive level problems to worry about ratings but i don't think anything has ever been greenlit or you know or stopped because of well we don't know what our viewers will think it's always been about the ideology of the show and that's good yeah people like it great if not whatever this is the show we're trying to make Mm-hmm. So, so it's never been, you know, hey, we got to talk about such and such because that's just what, you know, is going on. No, like, Trevor will sit on some shit for a day or two. You know, he said something one time. It kind of made sense. Um, it, I, I'm paraphrasing it, but basically, do you want to have the first approach on the topic or do you want to have the best approach? It's not a bad way of looking at it. So... Something could break at three in the afternoon, and if you really, and at that point, we're about to tape the show at six. Mm-hmm. Right. If you want to scrap the first act and talk about this one thing that happened, mm-hmm. that's fine. But we only have two hours to sculpt that script. Yeah. Right. Is that the best possible approach in serving that information, or do you do it tomorrow? It's a good way of looking at it. You know, and that's, and I think you know. Over the past six, seven months on the show, I think the results have shown for us that, you know, first isn't always best. So sometimes you sit on something for a day, more facts come out, other angles of approach present themselves mm-hmm. because of new facts. Now you got a funnier piece. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's always been about what's the most unique way we can attack this topic and say what we want to say. It's not what do the people want to hear. Let's make sure to sculpt something that fits what the people want to hear. That's never been the discussion. Yeah. Well, that's that good. Show. That's it, good. It's it's a great mentality to have because it kind of as as people that run a website, you have that approach of it's always first fastest to get the news posted, so so you get all those hits in yeah. there. And and nine times out of ten, it's there's usually more to the story. So yeah, and it flies in the frust- face of the current culture of, of web culture because I feel like that's hurt journalism in certain ways too. Well, it makes the first impact, the right? If if you're yeah. leafing through your feed or whatever you get your wherever you get your, your news, your news, and you see something and you see a headline or you you 
read a story and that's the first one you read about that even if more facts are out there and the story grows if people don't go back to that story and get shit in order they're in their brain they're just thinking that initial information right and they, yep. they take that as fact and they're that, not double checking they're not yeah they're not no they're not they're it's, not double checking and they're not right and if if it's revealed later it's it's uh it's kind of like if you're a casual sports fan and and a team is off to a great start at the beginning of the year and then you kind of fall out of following it for a while and you're like yeah. oh no that team's still they're still like in first place right and it's like no they just had like an eight game winning streak at the beginning <laughs> of the year and they're actually in last place they suck right yeah but but you just your mentality yeah. because you're busy doing other shit you're like oh no they're still good right like what's his phase is like, doing no, well shit and has changed yeah. immensely since you last checked in yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's interesting because when we're pitching stories and stuff you know for me i'm never really thinking about what would the viewers want to do you know the only thing i think the writers have a different issue with figuring out trevor's style and his taste mm -hmm. comparative to john stewart but mm -hmm. as a correspondent i mean hell i'm allowed to pitch whatever is getting me pissed off i mean you know we did we did a whole story about you know the oscar so white like that's mm -hmm. the okay that's a perfect example mm -hmm. so when the academy award nominations came out so the way the show writes you you have your show that that you do that day but like so half of the writing staff is writing today's show the other half is looking ahead to tomorrow and just going let's do this Maybe that let's it's let's more general concept. Let's again. keep our eye on this issue as it unfolds so that tomorrow morning we can know whether or not there's enough meat on that topic to create a and a couple jokes around. So they'll monitor and they figure out what they're gonna monitor and they start kind of brainstorming jokes. Next morning, the Oscar nominations come down at nine AM. Uh, they, no, they came out at seven AM. Seven or eight a.m. It's 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 early on the West Coast where they announce it, but yeah, correct. Yeah, it was an hour before the morning meetings, so the Oscars was not a discussion that was yeah. had the day before. Mm -hmm. But as everybody's getting to work at nine a.m., they're going, "Hey, did you see the Academy Award? No, yeah, right. no black people, really, no black, yeah." Hmm. By ten a.m., the block start right, kind right. of popping up, and I go. You start monitoring it. It's like, all right, this is a category one. Mm -hmm. It's not even noon yet. <laughs> Next thing you know, by one o'clock, it's a category three. But at that point, we'd already started kind of, let's put some pieces. So you and some writers kind of pair off. And from like 10 to noon, you start kind of putting it together. And by two o'clock, it's a fucking fully engulfed fucking story. Yeah. Like, yeah, we got to put this on the show tonight. Mm -hmm. Like this. Plus, it was a Thursday. And, uh, right. and we're, we, we don't air on Fridays. Yeah. So it would have been Monday before we would have been able to touch the topic again and at that point. And so then Trevor pulled the trigger on and goes, yeah, I know you guys yesterday had already made some. But in this instance, I think we have a take that's unique and different because it's not just echoing what everybody else says. That's never been with the daily right, show. Like just yeah. the facts or whatever. It's like, could you believe that? Man, that's crazy. All right. Okay, it's crazy. Two years flash, in a row? Flash a smile. All right, we're out. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> Done. White joke, black joke, white joke, black joke. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. Like, no, it's a legit discussion mm -hmm. and, you know, try to figure out solutions to the problem. And, you know, it ended up being a, a very well-crafted segment that didn't follow the traditional timeline, uh, the traditional assembly line of how stuff is put together over there.
So, you know, Trevor's always thinking about what's happening now, but he's not always going to pull the trigger unless it's something unique, you know, that you can really, Mm -hmm. you know, work on some different angles about. But just because something just happened doesn't mean you have to, oh, we got to do it. We're going to do it right now. No. Let's see what, like, uh, the other day, it was around, like, 4.30 or 5 o'clock when the president of Mexico said oh, yeah. Donald Trump is going to build that fucking wall. <laughs> yeah. We're not building the fucking wall. Who's going to pay for the motherfucker? I think yeah. it was his exact Sorry, term. Yeah. Yeah. Out Trump. <laughs> and that started working its way around the office. But, you know, we got an hour and a half yeah, until yeah. We, we tape. It's, let's not rework the whole script because of one angry Mexican president. Let's wait till tomorrow and we can really dive into it a little bit and really, you know, work it out. So, do you do you like to see when uh, foreign presidents you know speak like that? You know, it's got to be because it, it's weird because America is sold to everywhere else in the world as this the most amazing place on earth. We're so free, we could do whatever we want. Yet we seem to be one of the most tied down countries in all the world at the same time, right? Yeah, and people hate us. That Trump is not going to be good for business. No, no, probably good for common you. Yeah, but but comedy's like, like, not going to stop bullets. Yeah, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. But as a comedian, you gotta like, oh, that's kind of cool because I can make some new Trump jokes or something. Yeah, there's something there. I mean, I'm not really a topical guy with my stand-up, so right. you know, yeah. Trump, I can sneak in here or there. But you know, for the guys that do that style of humor, I mean, that's just a brand new pipeline. That's it's as good as Clinton dick jokes were. Right. Yeah. Or OJ jokes. Because you know? I, I remember a lot of comedians talking about how how are they gonna make fun of Obama when he got in office because they they didn't feel like there was much to him there. He wasn't the character that George W. Bush was, you know, so. But, you know, people figure it out. People are smart people. Yeah, they figure I mean, out how to find the joke. For me, my comedy is more what I see, what I feel, what I experience. You know, mm-hmm. Like, one minute we're doing a piece on, you know, the Oscars are so white. And then I just did a desk chat a couple of weeks ago bitching about fast food. Mm-hmm. Like there's nothing political to that. Right, it's, right. it's just fast food. The fast food establishment. Just, is just in case shit. everybody, yeah. Uh, yeah, forgot. Yeah, fast food still sucks. Fucking charging for extra sauce. <laughs> Fucking, you have these places now that have the chicken nugget as a side item. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> hey, Hard hidden shit. You know? <laughs> hey man, as someone that eats side of, sides of chicken nuggets, sometimes I understand. It's disrespectful to the chicken nugget. <laughs> like you act like this motherfucker wasn't an OG. <laughs> uh, have you seen the new uh, non-breaded chicken nuggets? The grilled chicken nuggets. Oh god. Courtesy of Chick Fil A, those are happening. Uh, excited about that? It's not a chicken nugget. That's just grilled chicken breast. Yeah, yeah it's, but but it's, it's in nugget. nugget form. But it's in nugget. Form. Just say bite-sized chicken breast. It's <laughs> the politically <laughs> correct <laughs> chicken. <laughs> 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 it's the safest chicken nugget on the market. We're gonna sell a bunch of this shit. All right. Well, we uh, unfortunately we gotta wrap things up here. Yeah, you uh, gotta because you got you got real life work to do. Yeah, you got daily showing the you know to do kind of like guess. the guy drilling upstairs. <laughs> yeah, He's doing real work. Geez, you gotta go do what some a real fucking work. prick. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So so let's talk about um, everything you're doing off campus. And I say off campus, away from the Daily Show. Like you're still obviously doing stand up comedy. You're gonna be up at uh, Gilda's Laugh Fest. Where yeah, we're gonna I'll be, be at which Laugh is cool. Fest pretty soon. I'm still mm-hmm. touring during my shows, man. So you know that's been a blessing to be able to still kind of get out on the road though i haven't had much of a desire to because just learning this job and figuring out all of the ins and outs of how to excel at it it's gonna take a while 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, one of the first things they let me do. This is now. This is cool. Mm-hmm. One of the first things they let me do at the Daily Show when I got hired is access the tape libraries. Yes. I heard about they have a crazy machine that can file and and tag stuff and search. I could find all of the old correspondent interviews in their unedited form, which is a godsend Mm -hmm. to be able to just sit and watch a Stephen Colbert interview Mm -hmm. from 2006 or some shit and just see him eviscerate someone in long form. Right. And from a strategy standpoint, seeing... Because on TV, all you see is the little snippet. Of course. But the 15 minutes of how he rope-a-doped the interview to get that person to that point at the oh, six To the sweet spot, yeah, yeah. I got you. That you see. Okay. Yo, man, that shit is... That's... Real skills. That's some strategy. And uh-huh. it's it's good journalism. It's great report. Like It's just... It's it's good. So my, my point is, I spend some weekends sometimes watching that shit rather than going... Out on the road. But, watching you know, tape. I like yeah, it. Watching tape. It's fucking good, man. That's got to be really cool, though, just sitting down and just seeing how that happens. Because when you watch the segments, they're obviously ed- edited, and you're, you wonder, like, does this person not know they're on television saying oh, the, they most, don't know. the ridiculous people, shit they're saying? Like, but the thing about it is that you approach everyone as a human being, and yeah. if I come to you and I go, yo, man, I want to talk to you about why you believe aliens live inside mm-hmm. Dorito bags. And the guy goes, yeah, well, let's talk about it. Cool Ranch, <laughs> Salsa Verde, Nacho Cheese, which aliens you want to discuss? Jeez. Let's talk about all the aliens. Are there Cheeto And once that person starts down that road, I'm not making fun of him in any way. All I'm right. just, you believe something, tell me about it. Okay. It's up to the viewer to decide how incredulous it is. Mm-hmm. And we all know it's a little, this guy's probably a little off, but... This is what he believes, so let's talk to him about it. And then I'm going to go talk to someone who believes that Doritos, that aliens live inside Cheetos and not Doritos. I'm going to talk to that guy. And then I'm going to, if I can, put him in the same room and let him debate it. All right. It sounds like a segment you're pitching already. He's working it out right yeah, now. He's, right he's now. got a meeting in a half hour. Yeah, so he's, uh, he's, he's test spinning it right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Roy. Uh, congrats, man, on everything, man, dude. And 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 I'm pleasure. I'm glad they 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 uh, got you involved with the Daily yeah, Show, man, because you you're yeah, a hardworking you comedian. Hired, I was like, this is gonna be good. Yeah, it's awesome, really man. Good. Congrats on that, man. Thank and you, guys. Where can people find you online? Uh, my name is Roy Wood Jr. Just Google me. Yeah, he'll, he'll come up, and yeah. uh, you don't have to put the N word next to it. You can just use the name, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it's all good. Either way, I'll come up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe and, an old tweet. All right, man. Peace. Good to see you. Indeed. All right, we want to thank Roy Wood Jr. for joining us on the podcast. It's pretty yeah. cool. Always love catching up with him. We'll see him in a bit at Lovely. Gilda's Laugh Fest. Uh, maybe shoot a video or two. I don't know. Maybe we'll go. Yeah, we go should... have dinner with Roy Wood and uh, just we, watch yeah, him eat. Yeah, I love, leave I love the camera on. Dude, he's just a, he's just an awesome dude. He's got great perspective on stuff. Mm-hmm. He's a fan of sports. He's a fan of politics. He's a fan Lost of comedy. Lost a lot of weight, man. Yeah, he looked good, man. Well, yeah, really he looks good. so good. I, mean, I was, was like, never, what happened? He, he was, was like, never a big dude, you know. But no, but he he just looks fit now. Well, he said like, moving to New York, he's done a lot more walking. Yeah, great, man. I'll do it to you. Do good, it on to you. You. good on you, Roy. Between that and the stress of uh, you know writing last second for the Daily Show, they did you know, a Bernie probably? Sanders bit this week that was so fucking funny. So good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, speaking of which, go to laughbutton.com. You can check out the uh, Mike Yard, uh, <laughs> Mike Yard Confederate bit. Flag Day. <laughs> well, that was a good bit as uh, well. I almost want to call it a sketch because it's unbelievable that it's a real thing, but it's a real thing. It's a real. And thing. Mike Yard gets in a rental car, and and, for, and for the rest is for you yeah. to discover if you didn't happen to catch it the first <laughs> go around. But. Uh, 
Uh, with all that said, head to thelaughbutton.com. We've got our merch store there. We've got plenty of new designs for you to choose from. Mm-hmm. Download our pod- podcast. Share our podcast. Tell people about our podcast. Subscribe. Subscribe. Us, we need some reviews. Yeah, review it. Rate it. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong. And um, we'll have a bunch of giveaways uh, coming up in the future episodes of the podcast. And uh, look, just live the dream, all right? We're still giving away some Lewis Black tickets. Still. I'm Did just going to assume that. Well, well, yeah, because Lewis is touring constantly. We also are going to have some Marlon Wayans tickets coming up very soon. Too. Wow, cool. Yeah, dude. I mean, like, we are giving away a lot of things. So you need to read the laugh button every day to find out what Including we're Including our thoughts. So tune in next time. For Matt, I'm Mark. Yeah, no one wants our thoughts, though. At the laugh button <laughs> on all the socials, thelaughbutton.com, if you like to play on the webby weather.